talking about video games. Yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. My name is Patrick Shanley. I am but one of the three hosts of said podcast about Donkey Kongs. Uh, joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, maybe even best friend, maybe even best friends, uh, Edmund Arnold and Colin Codega. How are you guys doing? Oh, thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. I love being called best friends in the first thing of my morning. It makes me feel good about myself. Are you? Are we like the super best friends? It's like super best friends club. Yeah. Unite. Like the super minora friends take over the world group. Oh my god. Love and compassion. Wow. I forgot yes. all about the super minora friends. I know. It was going to be our comic book and let's come up with it yet. And we're going to make millions. Someone's going to steal the idea. This no, is the time to do it with Avengers being so popular. In the state of America, the minora friends would be such a good thing that we need to do. America need needs the minora friends. And no anger. Well, there'd probably be a little bit of anger. No, no anger. Angry hugs, at least. Yes. <laughs> we hug the anger out of everyone. That's their superpower. The, the group hug is the strongest. We all get together, we hug around someone, and we just hug the hell out of them. Let's get off the rails this time. <laughs> it's so off the rails, I can't even think of like a clever segue at all to get to what we were, our topic was. So I'm just going to go right into it. Uh, I played Detroit Become Human. This was a couple weeks ago. Uh, the demo has been released. Um, a lot of people have gotten their hands, at least on a little bit of the game. I was able to play a little bit more than what the demo is itself. I played about the first two hours, hour and 45 minutes of Detroit. Uh, I'm very excited for this game. Not quite as excited as it was for God of War, but it's still up there as like something that blew me away in a way that I wasn't expecting. You, you can't compare this game and God of War together, though. This, no, this they're completely different, yeah. It's a whole different experience. I, like, I'm very excited. For, did you play Heavy Rain, Pat? Uh, I played a bit of Heavy Rain. I never finished Heavy Rain. You never got through it. What about you, Colin? Did you play Heavy Rain? Um, I watched you play Heavy Rain a ton in college when that first oh. came out. Like that was the one with the Origami Killer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a bit of it. And then what about Beyond Two Souls? Either one of you play that? No, I never played that. I like played half of it, but the story was not doing enough to keep me engaged. That, that's the feedback I've gotten. Yeah. It's usually that uh, Heavy Rain is the stronger of the two. What was that? Ellen Page was in it. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, and it, like all that controversy with Last of Us and the characters looking the same. And oh yes. I like couldn't play that, and I was just like, "This looks like Ellie. Is this Ellie?" And I couldn't like separate that. I know I'm an idiot, but yeah, I could never get into Beyond Two Souls. Um, but this is Quantic Dreams, I think, third game? This would be their third entry, and it's all about, like, androids and humans living cohabitively in Detroit, right? Sort of cohabitively, yes. Uh, are, are androids slaves? Yeah, sort of. I mean, yes, they are. Here's what's interesting about this. So it's, it's kind of a premise that we've seen multiple times in science fiction, um, but I guess the wrinkle is on this, and it's what Luke Cage talked about uh, the director of the game when we were there, is that the way that people treat androids in this game is sort of the way you treat your iPhone or, like, your Alexa or something. It's just a tool. Like, even though it looks like a human being, it's just, it might as well be a cell phone. The way you treat it, the way you act with it. Uh, so that's what the the little bit that makes it a little bit different than other ones that I've seen in the past. Um, and it's interesting. And they play that up a lot. This game, it was a smart move to set into Detroit, especially because this is a French gaming studio. Uh, Detroit was a good place to set it, because of uh, economic strife in Detroit. It's still there in the future. This is set in 2038. There's still infrastructure there, but there's still also, you know, the slums outside of Detroit. 
you get to see both sides of that. Uh, and then you get to see the way that different people treat the androids. You follow three different androids, and they're the playable characters. There's Connor. He's a... I guess you call him a cop. He works for the cops. He's like a crime scene investigator. There's a... Uh, I'm going to forget their names. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's Kara. She's like a housemaid. Like, she cleans up um, this this piece of garbage's house. He lives out in the slums of Detroit. And then there's uh, Marcus. And Marcus works for this really famous painter. And he's like the personal android of this famous painter who's paralyzed. So he helps him move around. And those are the three characters you play. And they all have vastly different stories and vastly different interactions with people in the game. Yeah, do the stories, and you probably didn't get to see this, but do the stories interact in the same way that Heavy Rain did? How, like, the stories kind of, like, all play into each other? Each character, they don't know each other, but they have certain events in their, in the, in their lives that actually allude to each other in the game. Mm. Does that happen at all in this one, or you probably didn't get to play enough of it to see it? So I obviously didn't go that far in the game. I did ask that question of Luke Cage, and he said, yeah, obviously that is what happens. Um, but there are little seeds planted early on that let you know that, like, eventually these characters are going to be getting together. And they, they, they're foils of each other in ways. You know, their, their stories mirror each other, even though they're very different, and the way they're treated is vastly different. They all experience prejudice, and... What was fun about the beginning of the game was that uh, Luke Cage said that you want to see what it's like to be a slave so that you understand when there's a revolt later, and he told me that, so apparently there is. Um, maybe he didn't say revolt, but like, you know, when you become independent later. They're called deviants in the game, when an android like becomes self-aware. Uh, when you become self-aware, you understand what it was like to have been treated like a slave beforehand. Interesting. Okay. And he used those words, slave? Yes, yes he did. So, so we're supposed to go into this thinking that androids are, like, similar to, like... Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably what they were trying to do. It's weird, though, because you are a machine in the game, and, like, I understand... <laughs> like, it's not great to be cruel to your android and, like, beat it and stuff, but at the same time, like, an android is a phone, basically. It's like, if you yell at Alexa, I don't know why you're yelling at Alexa, but, like, you don't deserve to go to jail for yelling at your Alexa. I'm very abusive towards my Alexa. If any cops heard how I talked to my Alexa, I'd probably go to jail. Yeah, when my Alexa couldn't tell me the director of Face Off, we got ugly. <laughs> I mean, it should know that information, let's be honest. Get it together, Amazon. I mean, it should. But, um, yeah, no, and I... So, how would you say the overall tone is then? Because I'm assuming then, early on in the game, it's going to be pretty heavy in Ooh. tone since you're, you know, getting that experience right off the bat so you understand what it's like to be a slave, and then, you know, eventually flip. The opening sequence is pretty rough. Um, it's rad, and you're investigating a crime scene, it's a violent crime, and there's a child involved, and it's it's pretty cool the way it goes through. It's like an active shooter is at the thing. I don't want to give too much away from it. But that's basically what it is. So it starts you out right in the thick of, like, everything, and kind of paints you into this world. What's really cool is, you're an android, so you have you know, special abilities that you can do. When you're playing as Connor, the game works sort of like Heavy Rain does where you're a detective when you're playing as Connor. You're looking at the crime scene and you get to rewind. Uh, you find a clue and then he gets to rewind what happens. And then as you're rewinding, you try and search for other clues in it. And it's a 3D camera, so you move all around the way the crime scene's being reinvented. And then a little pop-up icon will come. And if you press that button and hold it, then you found a new clue, and then it will open up the mystery a little bit more. So you do that as you're going through, and this is for all the characters, but in different ways. He's a detective, so that's how his character is. 
at the end of each sequence, which are roughly, say, five, roughly five minutes, it's, it's rare for one to go over five minutes, at least for what I played, then you get a little tree at the end, a decision tree, and it shows you the decisions you made that led you to the outcome that you got, but there's also tons of other branching ones that you didn't do because you made one decision. So this game is, as soon as you finish a chapter, I was like, oh, I want to go back and play it again to see what else I could have gotten out of it. Yeah, because it seems like they improved that aspect to it, because I know that was a big complaint about Heavy Rain, is that as many choices that they gave you, it seemed pretty linear, and everything ends in the same way. Um, I think I had diff different endings depending on who survived and who died, but I think like to get to that point, everything was very similar, and you couldn't really branch out in very different ways. And it sounds like this game kind of um, attacks that problem, and there, it seems like every scenario you go through, you can have up to, like, what did he, I don't know, I haven't seen any interviews, and I don't know if he touched on this, but you can have up to, like, maybe five to six different scenarios take place. Did he go into how many endings they have, or anything like that? No, I mean, I asked him questions along those lines. Uh, he didn't say, like, this is the exact number of endings you're going to get. But he did say, and even in the demo that we played, um, there were, everyone who was playing it could get completely different things happening. There were entire scenes that people didn't get, uh, and that branched off into other the complete different, like, uh, vignettes that you play through. Um, I can't really go into them, because they're all kind of spoilery, but I did talk about those, and, like, there is a lot of permutations when you're playing this game. There's a lot that can branch off, and it... You know, I only played two hours, so who knows, like, if it'll all come together at the end in a satisfying way and really have, like, drastically different endings, but there was enough variety in the two hours that I played that I was impressed by the amount that they had put in. Because I talked to the other journalists who were there who were playing the game. And it was fun to hear how much different our playthroughs were. Uh, I think we can spoil the hostage. Because you did the hostage situation, right? Yeah. Well, I think we can... Well, like, what outcome did you get? Can you run that down? I think we can spoil it. It's a demo now. It's available for PS4. Yeah, people have uh, played it. I found the Android. Um, you found the Android? Yes. Did it result in any deaths or anything of the dude killing himself? or? <sighs> I wish I could remember. And now I feel bad that I don't. <laughs> that is very telling of the game if you can't remember that outcome. I guess so, but I mean, it's not, it's more on me for my alcoholism than it is in the game for not <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys have problems. We talked about this in previous podcasts. Well, no, I mean, hey, I, I can imagine if I'm a, if I'm a student, I'm like, hey, come, come play this game. Oh, here, you want some food? You've got some good food. Hey, I got some good beer. Oh, you want, you want a cocktail? Okay, here you go. Wait, hold up. Let's take two, three steps back. Do they feed and give you drink at these events? Actually, yeah, I'm really curious about this, Pat, like, when you get invited for, like, a two-hour setting, like, in my mind, I feel like it's some, like, they get, like, a floor of hotel rooms and just have TV set up. Like, what is it like when you go to these events? Okay, so now I'm going to put it straight off the bat. Sony does not give me booze at these events. Uh, okay. they, they do have food. These are in the morning, uh, the last two that I've been to for God of War and for uh, Detroit. You show up, there's breakfast. Uh, one was at Santa Monica Studios, and they... Basically, they turned their kitchen into, like, a gaming lounge. It's just a whole bunch of, of uh, sofas. You each have your own TV. It's like a 60-inch TV. And you have headphones. And then you play, and then there's always, like, people looking over your shoulders, like, as you're playing it. Um, I did go to one, though, for Tomb Raider a couple days ago. Uh, and that one was at the Mayan Theater in Los Angeles. And I was wasted by the time I played the game. I probably should do that. <laughs> But the thing, awesome. it start, my playtime was at 7.45 at night or something like that, and I got there at 4, and there's, I mean, there's 
cool stuff. There's a photo booth and, like, fun stuff to interact with. But you're in a theater, and you're there for three hours. Like, there's not that much to do other than drink as many gin and tonics as possible before you start playing as Laura Croft. So I did. How do you guys play video games drunk? I've never Poorly. been able to, like, do that. Is there, like, a specific game type that you can play, like, inebriated or... I remember, like, like college days, I'd come home and try to launch something up after a night out, and I could never, I could never get into it. Yeah, driving uh, games is what you want to play when you're drunk. Like, did, Tomb, <laughs> did you like Tomb Raider? How was that demo? I did like Tomb Raider. It was, um, uh... You know, this is what's hard about this, right? Because you start to compare games against other games, which isn't really fair. Matt, I'm going to tell you this right now. Stop comparing games to God of War. I am. I can't stop it, though. Okay. Then uh, I won't even do it, because it's not God of War. But... (laughs) At all. But it was all right. I mean, it's it's Tomb Raider. It's one of those things, especially in a demo setting. Tomb Raider's frustrating, right? Because you just do the same thing over and over and over again, hoping that you don't die this time. At least I do, and I always have when I play Tomb Raider. Um, But it was fun. The story, there wasn't that much of it in the demo, I guess, other than, you know, like, I'm trying to stop this guy from grabbing this thing. (laughs) But it was beautiful. Um, The voice acting was decent. It wasn't, like, anything to write home about. Uh, The character models were good. I would have liked them to be better, particularly after seeing Detroit and seeing God of War, which are the next level of how real you can make a character render. So it was like, I don't know, it was a solid like A minus B plus. It was good. I don't want to bash it because it was it was a good game. At least the demo was good. But I mean it's not I'm not lining up the day that that game comes out the way I did with the last two. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I think the setting looks really cool. I think they can do a lot of cool visual and lighting effects with the whole potential like uh, eclipse or just like yeah. movement of the sun and moon and just like on the uh, ancient like Mayan temple setting. I think it could be cool. There's this giant like- flood sequence in it, uh, which was the highlight of the demo. Obviously, I mean they would probably tell you that too. The sequence is pretty cool, and that was pretty pretty impressive. It was cool. This big long set piece that you're in a flood. It's sort of like the river part of the the 2013 Tomb Raider. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, Trinity, is Trinity still in it? Or is it a whole different new bad guys? No, it's still Trinity. It's still Trinity. Yeah. And this is the end of the trilogy too, right? Yes, yeah, like the origin trilogy of Laura Croft. Are there any new gameplay elements, or is it all, is pretty much, is it like the third Uncharted where you pretty much know how to do everything? It's just like, I feel like I'm ill-equipped to be the person that's giving my thoughts on this, because I didn't play the last one, and I only briefly played the one from 2013. Okay. okay. From, from what I'm assuming, I, it looks pretty similar, but I think they usually add, like, new gadgets or, like, power-ups or stuff as you, like, progress on. So it's usually, like, middle and end game when you're actually getting, like, when you see major differences between uh, the two okay. writers when it comes to, like, abilities and stuff. But it still is probably going to be a very similar format. Okay. All right. I don't have many questions about Tomb Raider because it it's one of those games that I'm just like, ah. maybe you just got to play it drunk. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe it. that'll be the game you try. The, the first one was fantastic. The second one was good. And now I'm to the point where I'm just like, ah. Uncharted 4 kind of knocked these games out of the, out of the yeah. way for me. Also, like, not to like constantly be harping on it, but one of the reasons why the first one was so good is because Corey Barlog was involved in it. Just saying. That was deep. Okay. Yeah. That first one was really good. Yeah, it was rad. It was a complete reinvention of the series, and yeah. it's because Corey Barlog was there. Well, and, like, the realism, it actually, that makes sense he was a part of it, because, like, just 
the emotional aspect of Laura when she Laura when she kills her first yeah. person. Yeah. Like that emotion is very present in God of War. That's very true. Yeah, like it's similar to when Atreus kills his first. Like one. very like, human. Yeah, actually, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between it because Atreus. He doesn't really, like, relish in the kill. He's like, man, did that just happen? Why did I do that type thing? Are we just now a God of War podcast forever? Because that's what I think we should be. We should be. (laughs) I mean, Colin hasn't beat it yet, but... Hey, I will beat it this week. Oh, God. God I can't know. It's actually super impressive. The point, I'm about halfway through, maybe a little bit more, and it's impressive on, like, PSN trophies, how I'll look at the point of where I'm at, and I'm, like, middle of the pack. Like, 50% of players are already halfway through this game. Like, that never happens. Yeah. Usually, like, so many people buy games and don't play them right away. They'll pop it in, play for an hour, and that's it. We're just kind of, like, hot-topicking this right now. But I, I think God of War was a similar... I had a similar feeling of playing it as I did with Avengers, seeing Avengers Infinity War. I, don't, I can't tell you how many hours God of War was because I just played it in a weekend and it felt like that. It felt like I was just soaring through this game. It did not feel like I was putting any time to it. It was just that entertaining. It was just like that one take, no cutscene. I don't know how I'm ever going to look at a cutscene again. I really don't know how I'm ever going to look at a cutscene again. Like God of War, it's just, it knocked everything out of the park. So that's why I'm like past off comparing everything to God of War. Everything you compare to God of War is going to be a letdown. I'm finding that, yes. Well, it's just like I'm. I'm struggling, like in my mind, ranking Avengers: Infinity War because it's like not fair to compare it to other movies because it has the luxury of being set up like a TV show, like being like episode <laughs> nine or ten of a Game of Thrones season, where it's just nonstop madness. And it's not fair to to compare that to some standalone movie that comes out. It's also hard. I mean, now we're getting into movies and everything, but with Avengers: Infinity War. That's the challenge of that movie, too. Do you know how hard it must have been to write that script with that many characters and that many... And for the most part, almost everyone gets a moment in that movie. And to set it up where each character or like group, when they're having their moment, they're actually tailoring the like direction and the dialogue and the music towards that group. Yes. Like, they mesh all the elements of all the different movies, which is just unbelievable. It was it was pretty great. I liked it a lot. I know Eddie has a couple issues with it, but and I don't want to get into like spoilers for Avengers: Infinity War. Even though at this point, like, how many people in the world have not seen this movie? Two. I've seen it twice. I've seen it twice too. I have yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, I think we, it's it's hard to make a comparison to God of War and Avengers: Infinity War because God of War doesn't. Well, oh, no, it kind of does. Yeah. Man. God of War does, I was about to say God of War didn't have like 10 years of movies to build up to this one, but you know what, God of War does have a lot of games to build up to this one, Yeah, and this is kind of like that payoff that you get for all those monotonous games that were the same thing over and over again, it gave us something fresh, it gave us something new, <laughs> yeah, I think we can, we can call God of War the Infinity War of uh, games, I think we can make that comparison. Good, they both have war in the title? Which mm-hmm. coincidence? They both have big guys with deep voices. That's very true. They're both bald, and they're both bald, and they're both weird colors. Man, we cracked the code. Yeah, yeah. Atreus is kind of like Gamora. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just throwing shit out my butt right now, but yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> throwing shit out my butt. Yeah, that's what I was. That was quite a phrase. <laughs> 
We're all over the place right now. We're all over the place right now. I'm just excited. Like, look, it's already, it's May right now. We're not even to E3, and we've already had this massive game. A couple more huge games coming out. We got Spider-Man left. We got Red Dead coming up. We got Detroit. We got Tomb Raider, which, I mean, like, I'm still excited about. Like, there's some big games this year. We have Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Woo! Released in 2015, coming out. We were going to talk about Donkey Kong later, but let's talk about it now because you brought it up. <coughs> Donkey Kong Tropical I, Freeze. Uh, was it Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze? Why, Nintendo needs to hire somebody to do better titles for their games. Yeah, their titles are always terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know one good Nintendo title ever. Oh, well, Mario yeah. plus Rabbids Mushroom Kingdom or whatever it was. That's simple. Breath of the Wild, good. Yeah, Breath of the Wild was good. good. Those are good. Keep it simple. Anyway, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze uh, created quite the stir because this was a this was a Wii U title, right? It came out on Wii U originally, which nobody has except for a couple people who mistakenly bought it for their grandchildren. I broke it. I had one though. How would you break it? I don't know. I like the controller one day just had like a big old crack in it. I don't know what happened. Did you throw it at something? I didn't throw it at anything. I never played it. That was the problem. I wonder if it just broke because I never touched it. It killed itself. Yeah, it's just like, no one loves me. Uh, uh, yeah, kill itself. That's because you moved on. I know, I moved on to much better things. We was a travesty, Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. yeah, let's move on. But, you know, what's not a travesty is the Switch, so it makes sense that they would take this game that was critically acclaimed and that everybody seems to love and move it over to the Switch. The problem is, is that they're charging $60 for it as if it was a new title. I'm okay with it because I never played it on the Wii U, so it's a new game to me. But as somebody who owned a Wii U and probably played the game because you play everything because you don't go outside, are you upset that it costs sixty dollars, Eddie? Yeah, and I never played it on Wii U. Uh, full disclosure, I never bought it because two D platformers at that time. I was just like, I don't have time to play two D platformers. If I'm, I'm gonna, gonna play go. something, I'm gonna kill something. I'm gonna shoot something. I like violent games, and Donkey Kong was not feeling that. It's going through a real tough time at that part, that time <laughs> of my life. So Donkey Kong was not feeling what I needed it to. Um, but yeah, it comes. It's four years old. I'm going to buy it. Full. Dis- I'm, I'm going to pay the full sixty dollars for it. I'm not. I, I feel like it's a hostage situation, though. I'm not. I'm not happy about paying the full sixty dollars for it. And why? Why? Why would a four-year-old game that's being re-released charge me at full, full price? I don't get it. Because no one played it. People played it. No one played People it. People played it. I think it sold very well. Ma- Mario Kart. Look at Mario Kart Deluxe. Uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. They came out for the Switch. They charged sixty bucks for that. Everyone happily paid for it, and it's still on the top ten like charts, like month over month. It's still selling. Like the, Nintendo has people that sit there at their computers all day and crunch numbers, and they sit there, data nerds, and they figure out what the price point will be. And guess what? You don't like the price, but you're still gonna buy it. Yeah, but I. I, I to go back, I think it sold well. It was very well receptive. Anyone who owned a Nintendo Wii U, um, this was in their oh, All top 12 of those games. people. There you go. Yeah. Anyone who owned a Nintendo Wii U. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm making a point here. But I think anyone who owned a Nintendo Wii U, it was in like their top 10, 5 to 10. I think anyone who likes Nintendo, anyone who's a Nintendo stan, highly regards this game. And I think it sold over 130,000 units in uh, North America. That's not, you know, that's not groundbreaking. But you have to understand where Nintendo's cycle was at that time. Like, I don't understand why. It's just not a bad. It's just a bad argument to to sell it at sixty dollars because no one bought it on the previous. But dude, system. you're undoing your own argument because you're saying, look at where they were in the cycle back then. Look at where they are in the cycle right now. They're well, 
Sony's probably the top dog, but they're pretty close, and Nintendo has, like, a huge resurgent comeback. Why not charge 60 bucks? Whatever, they know people are going to buy it. I would if I was Nintendo. Then, then you're just a marketing... Oh, Genius? Oh, word. Uh, you can't say that word. Ah, uh, you can't say the N-word. Ah, uh, you're just a marketing... What are you going to say the N-word? You're just as bad, you just... Not the, N, the other N-word, the N-word that you really can't say. Um... What? You just can't... I don't know. It just seems like they're painting them saying, then why can't we compare them to Microsoft then? Because they're just money-grabbing. And Nintendo's never been like a money-grabbing company um, to me. It's never been a com company that sets you up to be like, here is a half-done product, and we're going to charge you at a, a ridiculous amount of, of it. It seems like Nintendo's always been for their fans and always supported by their fans. Well, here's so I don't why... why, and I don't know of any other of their remasters that are being released... Here's why I can cannot compare them to Microsoft, because Nintendo plays games people actually want to play. That's why they're not compared to Microsoft. Maybe if Microsoft released games that anyone cared about, if Microsoft decided to re-release Halo, like the original one is like a remaster, and they charge 60 bucks, people would buy it. Yeah, it would be, be a bad marketing choice, and I would complain about that too. Would you buy it's, it? It's just, you don't, you don't bring back remaster games at full price. I just don't think you should be able to do that. Bayonetta, Nintendo's, which never came out for a Nintendo in the first place. They re-released Bayonetta, and that was at $40 price piece. It was not It was not at the full but, price. But I think you got to think of it this way, too, is the um, it comes down to how rare it is that people experience that. So many right. people have played Bayonetta before, and they would be like, if you're going to charge 60 I bet they're like, hmm, you know, we would sell some. But there's going to be people like, you know what, I don't want to give my money to this. I'll just play my original copy. People don't own Tropical Freeze. Except for the Wii U crowd. Yeah, but no one could play Bayonetta on their uh, Wii U, though. Wii U, you couldn't, like, Wii U was only released for what? Um, or no, I'm or sorry, Bayonetta was, was on the regular consoles. I don't, yeah, but it wasn't on Nintendo. It was never released oh, yeah, on Nintendo. Oh, yeah, no, that's consoles. what I'm saying, though. It's like, so them re-releasing it on a new system, it, like, people, I feel like, uh, people that are in the Nintendo ecosystem are in all the other game. Like, Nintendo fans are big video game fans, in oh, my yeah, opinion. absolutely. And they own the other systems. So odds are, they probably already own Bayonetta. Or they can get it for cheaper or use copy. Well, these same Nintendo fans probably already own Tropical Freeze. Too. Exactly, but then you have these other ecosystems <clears throat> that already own Bayonetta. They don't own Tropical Freeze. And that's the tar That's why you charge 60 bucks. Yeah, you stupid Because there's a larger jerk. audience that hasn't played Tropical Freeze. There's a smaller audience that hasn't played Bayonetta. But still, you're charging $60 for a four-year-old 2D platformer. It is ridiculous. Like, I mean, when you say it like that, that's crazy, right? But they can do it, and it'll probably work. Yeah, they can do it, but I can complain about it. Sure you can, I but I mean, like... You, upset about it. But you don't and have to I, buy it. I, but I have to buy it. Because what did Nintendo Wii brought out this year? Give me one big release Nintendo Wii's brought out this year. Uh, or not Nintendo Wii, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I can't. This hasn't been a single Wii game. <laughs> Give me one big release besides this one that Nintendo Switch has come out with this year. Uh, the Nintendo Labo? <laughs> Another one. Give me one that's not geared for a two-year-old with diapies. Uh. A diapy two-year-old. <laughs> Divey Butt 2-year-olds are playing with Nintendo Labo. Yeah, you, neither you can think of any, because there aren't any. It wasn't a single big release released by Nintendo. Which gives them even more of a reason to charge 60 Yeah, and that's a garbage reason. 
That's a garbage reason. You're going to charge me $60 if you can't come out with a new that, IP That is year. Nintendo's model, though. You look back to any of these old games, they are all about um, scarcity. They are all about mm. not flooding the market with tons of games, so they're going to charge their high amounts. Just like when you go and try to get um, classic Nintendo games. Or you try to get, like, a game, even a Game Boy game, or what, DS games. Yeah, DS games. Like, yeah. there's a lot of hard to find. Like, I remember when I was looking for even, like, uh, what was it, Zelda Link to a World? Or whatever that is, like, the, the 3DS platformer game. It was so hard for me to find a copy. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Because they think they're Disney. They kind of are. the Nintendo vaults yeah. every <laughs> once in a while. I, look, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nintendo's... Had a great year last year. We can all agree on that. Had a phenomenal year last year. Probably had the best year out of all the consoles last year by releasing a lot of great, great, phenomenal masterpieces, right? And I'll say Nintendo Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey in their own regards are their own little masterpieces. But this year, they have not come out with anything. This is their first release of the year. Their first re- It's March. This is their no. first release of the year. We had, we've had God of War from Sony. We've had Monster Hunter from the consoles. We've had a lot of, we've had, not a lot, but we've had a few games that have been released by Nintendo and Microsoft, or Microsoft and Sony. This is Nintendo's first big release, and they're coming out with a four-year-old 2D platformer for full price? That's my problem. That's my problem. And everyone is just jumping head over heels like, oh, it's okay, it's fine, they can do it, and no one's complaining about it. It's because everyone gives Nintendo free passes. Are we giving Nintendo free passes? People always give Nintendo free passes. Nintendo stands are the most forgiving people of all time. And I consider myself to be one. Because I love Nintendo. I buy every Nintendo release that ever come out. That's why I'm going to go buy Donkey Kong Tropical Island. But still, Nintendo shit on you. All throughout Nintendo we use life phase. Just shit on you. And now Nintendo Switch is coming out. And it gives them an idea to bring out all their good games from the Nintendo Wii U. Because the Nintendo Wii U was a travesty. And you guys are forgiving that. Bro, you're, you're forgiving them. How are you going to say all of this and then say you're also going to go out and buy Tropical Freeze? Because I have nothing to play right now on my Switch and I like my Switch. You're, you're, you're playing into their hand. You're, you're saying one thing and then doing the opposite of what you're saying. That's, that's the beauty of being an American cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, that's why I pay my goddamn taxes every year, because as an American, this is my right. I have the right to say one thing publicly and go behind my back and do something else. That, that sounds American. pretty American. Right. Look, my just biggest complaint is, you cannot, any, if any other company, like you said it, Pat, if Halo would have released another Halo in 2018 and released it at $60, there would have been a backlash like nothing we've seen before. But Nintendo can constantly get away with these things because it's Nintendo. Hey, they got, they got some stuff. Hey, Mario uh, Tennis Aces. I'm excited for that game. Nintendo Mario Aces. But, <laughs> Sorry, whatever. But my yeah. question, what do they have coming out? What they have, they had nothing. This is, we're in May. They had nothing come out since since January from May. <clears throat> That's a whole, like, two quarters that they didn't have anything come out for. We're almost at the end of the second quarter. And they come out with a, a remaster at full price? And their next big release is what? To- to Treasure Toll Tracker? Another remaster? Does somebody they have their? Okay does somebody have their release calendar? Microsoft. But Microsoft hasn't released a game in five years. There's been Cuphead. That's their yeah. game. And, and, and they came out with uh, what you call it? That terrible game. Um, oh yeah. The pirate game. Oh, Sea of Thieves. The pirate game. Seaside Heights. What's that game called? Sea of Thieves. <laughs> <Sea of Thieves. laughs> You just mix Sea of Thieves and Radical Heights together. Yeah, sorry. I played that game. So Sea of Thieves, like they at least they've come out with a big budget game. It wasn't received well, but they. Tr- 
Right. Don't say it like right. it. It wasn't received well. That's a blame the fans. They released a garbage game. All right, another big thing that happened this week was the release of another trailer for Red Dead Redemption. Uh, they keep calling them trailers, even though, to me, they're more teasers, since we haven't seen any gameplay, even though they said there was gameplay footage in it. I feel like I'm in the minority, and I was a little bit disappointed in this trailer, but everybody else seems to be loving it. What were you guys' thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about it, but they could also have just had a character come out with the Red Dead logo in a red background, and just come out and, like, shoot a gun, and I'd be like, this looks amazing, like... I know what they're making. Um, their style of trailers have always been very cinematic, movie-like, um, not focused on gameplay as much. So I'm not worried in the slightest. I, I in, in Rockstar, we trust. Yeah, the trailer's done very well to me. Rockstar's never been big on showing us actual gameplay footage. They, they're used, What they usually do is they, like they've done with this one, they'll release three trailers. The third trailer is usually like an exposition on the world and all the characters we're going to get. Then directly after that, they usually will have like a one-on-one -on -one or some type of um, meeting with IGN or GameSpot, or I've never really seen them do anything with Kotaku, but, uh, and then they'll go to the studios and actually give, give them a hands-on gameplay demo. So in regards of Rockstar staying along with like their, what they do for every single game, they, they're, they're staying along those lines, and I thought the trailer was done very well. Um, I think the game, I'm a little upset. We still don't know. It sounds like we're just going to get one protagonist. I was hoping that we could get multiple protagonists. I was hoping that the female in the trailer, I don't know her name, was going to be a playable protagonist because they seem to feature her a lot. But other than that, I think the trailer was done real well and it's probably my most anticipated game of the year. Mm, yeah, okay, so all those things I agree with. But my issue is, is that we actually don't know the answer to some of those questions that you said. We don't know who the playable characters are going to be. Like, we don't, because they didn't show us, really. They they teased us. My problem is is that they built up this trailer for, like, an entire week, saying they were going to drop this trailer. So I expected more than just, like, another short story tease. Uh, like, the biggest reveal, I guess, in this trailer was that John Marston is in it, as a younger version of John Marston. But did anyone not expect John Marston to be in this game? I, I think... But they never really do show anything monumental. I mean, even if you go back to the GTA 5... So I did do that, though. I went back and I watched the GTA 5 trailer, and it was very clear. First off, some of them kind of show gameplay footage. Not like really. Not like you walking down the street with the heads-up display. But like you doing a heist or blah, blah, blah. And I guess this one's kind of similar with you, like on the horses and the train sequence. Um, but my problem was was there was really clear who the three characters were in the Grand Theft Auto 5 trailer. You knew it was Franklin, you knew it was Trevor, and you knew it was Michael. They showed you that. In this one, I have no idea. There's a million different characters going on, and I don't know who I'm supposed to be following. Did they? That last... And I could be wrong, and you could correct me on it, but I, f I feel like that... And Colin could correct me on it. I feel like that last trailer for... Before the release, I know after the release we got the Trevor and Franklin trailers, but I feel like before the release it was heavily Michael. I thought we all went into it, and it wasn't announced until that E3 that there was going to be three three playable protagonists. And after that E3, we never really got any trailers after that. I could be completely wrong, but I was under the impression that all of us that was waiting for GTA V was going under the impression that we were playing as Michael. And then they did like a last minute thing like that, where it's like, whoa, you get to play as three people. Whoa! Received until people actually got their hands on it. And they're like, oh my god, this is something that's never been done before, and it's fantastic. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. Well, you've been wrong a lot on this podcast, so I don't know if I'm going to check I'm wrong, I'm wrong like 85% of the time, and I work with kids, so I'm used to it. I don't know. I'm 
like looking at this trailer, I think one, it gets me excited about the settings, the um, the wildlife, the nature. Like, there's some really cool outdoor like forest scenes um, that got me really excited. But also, like, I I want to know that information. But also, Rockstar is really good about slowly giving us like a, a, you know kind of dangling some carrots here and there, leaving like a trail of little pieces of candy. So like uh, you know, we're we're leading up to this October release date because I also love that they kind of wait and they give us a, like an eight to six month window where they just actually start giving us all the details instead of some games they announce and they tell us all this crap two years ago and it's like okay and then I forget about the game or I'm just like alright when's this coming out so I actually appreciate their approach yeah and then you start making your own expectations and things like that if they start releasing things that they're going to do early like the happy we've seen it like kill so many games I hate we bring this up a lot but like No Man's Sky was an example um, where they come out saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, and then when the game comes out, they do that, but it doesn't, it's not to the extent of what people dreamed about. So I think that's why Rockstar takes this approach of not really announcing what's new in the game, but just amount, announcing little snippets so that when you actually get your hands on it, it's something that's you've ne- it's, it feels new, it feels fresh. You don't have expectations going into it, so you can't be let down by it. So I'm okay with all of that. My problem is, is that like, then why release three separate trailers? You know, like what what's new coming out of that? Like, do I need that many different trailers? And that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, and you're right. The the first two really didn't open up anything at all. Right. Um, no, this yeah, this for sure should have been the. It would have been ideal for this to be the first trailer. But, like, like I mean, personally for me, anytime they've dropped anything, I've just been, like, so excited. Like, it doesn't matter what they do. As long as there's a Red Dead logo on it and the release date doesn't get pushed back again, I, I'm, in a, I'm happy about anything they give us. Yeah. This is a game I'm beyond. Rockstar, I think, and I think Rockstar has that. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond excited for this game, yeah. regardless of whatever trailer I watch. That's all I want to say. Is that, you know, like... Frankly, like Colin said, it could have just been a logo and I would have lost my mind for this game. It's just that when you build something up and, like, there's already been two other trailers before this or teasers or whatever they are, I kind of expected more if you were going to drop it. Because otherwise, like, don't even bother. I don't care. You could just not do anything else until October when the game comes out. You already already have my money. You have to do something because... You have to do something, though, because you have people clamoring all over the place. Like, where's a new trailer? Where's a new trailer? But now in May... Considering if you've been with Rockstar a long time, we've been waiting for this this type of trailer. This two-minute or more trailer that gives us a very large exposition of, like, where they... I think we have... We know who the villain is. We know more about the location. We know more about the characters. We know more about the story. So all that wasn't answered until this trailer was released. And if you go back and you look at like all the people that have broken down these trailers, there's a lot of information that they were able to get from these trailers. Like, for instance, the hand-to-hand combat in Rockstar looks like it's finally been revamped. Even th- between those two little fight snippets that we got. But it, for me, it seemed like the fighting system, which I was a big complaint for me, the hand-to-hand combat system, it seems like they completely revamped it. And look and reading demos and things like that, it seems like the hand-to-hand combat is going to be a main focus for this game. So, and that's the type of stuff that Rockstar does with its trailers. It alludes to changes, but it doesn't outright say, "This is what's new in this game, you dummy." Yeah, I don't know. I like that, but I think it's going back to the same thing that we're saying about Nintendo. You're, you're, we're treating them different because of what they've done in the past. The same way we're like Nintendo gets a pass on things, Rockstar gets a pass on things. You guys think Nintendo different? 
Yeah, because they're the best, exactly. and they've earned that, exactly. I guess, yeah. And I'm a huge Rockstar fan. Just to call it out, we, should, you know, I will give them props all day, and I'm going to do it again right now. They went and they <laughs> updated um, Red Dead 1 for Xbox One X and Xbox One. So it's updated graphics, and it has an Xbox One X uh, graphics support now. So if you have an Xbox One X, you can get a more glossy, very better-looking version of Red Dead 1 right now. And they did that just as a free update if you own the game. And that's great, because if you have an Xbox One X, there's nothing else to play on I, we tried to be balanced here, and speaking of updates and speaking on um, Rockstar, they did go back to Grand Theft Auto 4 and re removed over 200 songs from that game. And people are really upset about that, because I guess there's still a community playing Grand Theft Auto 4. 4? So, yeah, 4. The one that four. came out in 2008? Nico's game, dude. Nico Bill. Nico's Belichick's Nico game. Bill. People are complaining that Rockstar went back and hey. removed this uh, songs out of that game, so people are saying that their experience is ruined. So, to, to be honest, I mean, I'm gonna sit here if I'm playing Grand Theft Auto before and I can't listen to Crack House by Fat Joe and Lil Wayne, I'm not gonna play the game. Luckily, I always have I always have that song playing in my house anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, if you don't, every game should have a feature Crack. I forgot about that. <laughs> if you just play it all the time, then every game does. <laughs> Rolling around Hyrule, listening to Crack House. <laughs> yeah, but um, I went through a weird wormhole this weekend, or this yesterday, and started reading Grand Theft Auto. Like, I, was, I went through to read reviews of all the past Grand Theft Autos that were released, and I stumbled across, like, the Steam page of Grand Theft Auto 4, and it's like a bloodbath there. So if you have oh, people like downloading it right people now. People are so mad about them removing the songs, and I, I thought I got a good kick out of it. So if you have time to go read Steam comments... For Grand Theft Auto 4, go ahead, because it's, it's hilarious. There are a lot of angry diapy babies on there. <laughs> a lot of diapy babies. <laughs> diapy right. babies. Get your diapy baby t-shirt at donkeyconartist.com. <laughs> All right, Eddie, you're going you're gonna to work on the diapy baby logo that's for my, the t-shirts. That's my new term, diapy babies. A bunch of diapy baby baby, diapy baby men out here. Yeah, Red Dead's going to be awesome. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, <laughs> like, I, get your, I get your complaints, Pat, but... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's rock stars bread and butter. This is what they do. I think it's it's an argument for the moment. We live in a very, like, with Twitter and just announcements happening every day. I think we live in the moment, but once the game's actually out, we're not going to remember, like, oh, oh yeah, of course. info in that trailer. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm going to go downvote it because they took away my songs and they didn't give me a good trailer. Where's Crackhouse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't have Crackhouse in Red Dead Redemption, but I'm not playing that game either. This game up, but it's the best game to come out in the last five years, um, arguably. But did God of War give us any big reveals or anything like that? Did they, like, handhold us before the release of the game? Or was everything relatively new when it came out? Oh man, God of War was like the complete. Uh, there was nothing shown about God of War. Even that. So what do you? Well, I don't so care. What do you want because God of War wasn't saying like, "Here's a big reveal trailer." Like, stay tuned for Wednesday That's when true. this new trailer That's comes true. out. That's true. That's my only problem with it. Like, I don't care what they did, and I'm still going to buy the game, and I still love Rockstar. I just don't like this trend of being like. Oh, we're releasing... It's the same in movies with, like, The Last Jedi. It's like, we haven't seen a trailer for The Last Jedi. And be like, I don't care. Everyone who's going to see The Last Jedi is already going to see it. Now, I'm wondering if this is what the, like, general population thinks, though. Because I'm wondering if, if this also has to do with, like, you also, Pat, having, like, a job in this industry and this... Right. And 
you know, having to pay attention to this stuff and get ready. Like, you may have to write a piece based on this, you know, new announcement. So I wonder how much of it comes, like, versus, like, me as someone, I find out about this stuff scrolling through Twitter while I'm on the train going to work. When you, this is like, this is your job. Right, right. On the train going to work is a funny way to say toilet, Colin. <laughs> well, that's too. Well, hey, trust me, lots of people use Bart in the Bay Area as a toilet, so I think it's on a toilet, don't worry. <laughs> All those divey babies on Bart. Oh, the Comes back to the divey babies. Oh, God. But yeah, Pat, I wonder how much of it comes down to, like, if, if that also plays a little bit into it. Probably. Honestly, I'm being a big diapy baby right now because I have. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean, like, I have to follow this stuff super closely because of my job. So, like, I'm aware uh, of these things and, like, what's released when it's released. So, I guess because I have to do it all the time. You're right. I'll, I'll take the loss here. I'm being a jerk. No, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you're being a jerk. I bet you there's a ton of people out there that were clamoring for something more. than Like, I read it. I read it on social media. So, I, it was just something more of, like, uh, I was, like, you know, just kind of popped into my head. Well, even our resident writer, Craig, he was complaining on our Slack channel. Like, there needs to be more. And he's a, he's a pretty big gamer. Um, he likes a lot of neckbeard games. Ooh, snap. Oh, snap. Um, but <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Um, but, yeah, he, um, he was even upset. He was just like, I wanted more gameplay trailers. So... I, I get it. I get it. I get we're in a... Especially with video games, because we've been, like, uh, bamboozled so many times with, like, E3 trailers and trailers that say they're going to do all this stuff, and then the game comes out and it doesn't do that. So I, I get where your frustration... And you're not you're not being mean. I, I get where your frustrations are coming from. I really do. Because we have been bamboozled so many times, and you have to be on your defensive, especially as a Hollywood Reporter gatekeeper. <laughs> Is that what I am? Always protect the logo. You gotta protect everyone. You're right for everyone. You gotta protect the logo. So I get it. That's just a man of the people. Man of the people. That's me. I've gone from diapy baby to man of the people. Really quick. Really quick. Be like oh. Thor Wakanda. <laughs> Spoilers. Seriously, what the hell? Sorry. 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 You can edit that out. Sorry. <laughs> Um, alright, let's do something we haven't done in a little while. Let's do What Are You Playing Right Now? Music. Alright, who wants to go first? Uh, I feel like let's start with Colin. Because yeah, Colin, yeah. you're an enigma to me. I don't know what you're playing. You seem to play a mixture of things. Yeah, so um, I'm actually playing through God of War right now, about halfway through, uh, absolutely loving it, but it's such a heavy game that I haven't been struggling to finish it, so I'm taking some time here in the next few days so I can beat that, I'm really excited, and then when I need to, like, when I get off work and I'm just mentally tired and I don't have the energy for a game like that, I've been playing a little uh, Call of Duty uh, World War II, just been playing a little yeah. bit here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the first sorry, person sorry, I've heard yeah. actually drop that name's game. Uh, that game's name. Sorry, I, I haven't heard anything about Call of Duty World War Two. Nobody talks it's, about that game. It's it's cool. I mean, there's still a ton of people playing it, but it's just it's the same old, same old. But it's right. like that game I can play, and I know exactly the mechanics. I don't have to worry about jumping on walls. And this time, it's just gunplay, and I can play music or a podcast and zone out and play this game. It's mindless. Fair enough. This is why Colin is such a good asset to this. Because I just can't play those games. And I don't, I don't think you play those games, so I just can't. I, I can't play those games. 
I mean, it's one of those things. I I have to have my Mountain Dew quota uh, every week, where I drink five Mountain Dews a day. And that's that's the only way I can stay up on my multiplayer. Group. You get like a cocktail of Red Bull and Mountain Dew. There's some, some guy in like a green off. suit who's coming by with a clipboard and be like, "Colin, how many Mountain Dews have you drinking this week?" <laughs> oh no, yeah, they actually will test to see how much Dorito <laughs> dust is actually on your controller as well. And if there's not a certain <laughs> layer of Dorito dust, I I get my copy of Call of Duty taken away. Makes sense. I'm sorry, you forgot a game that you're playing. You forgot a game that you're playing that you need to talk about? Oh, yes. yes. No. Good amount of time into Yakuza 6. Woo, look at that. Oh my gosh. No, that, sorry, and I'm glad, that got, that's how crazy God of War has put a hold on me, but, oh, so I'm going to definitely jump into Yakuza 6 right when I beat God of War. It is a game in subtitles, it has all these mini-games, it is the last game I thought I would ever like, and it's about a old, everyone, this guy that everyone calls old because he has like one gray hair. <laughs> And everyone calls him old, and he walked, and he's protecting a baby. And there, okay. there are orphans in it. There are gangs. There's a gang that's just all about killing the other gangs, so they think they're good. It is the most ridiculous game ever. Couldn't recommend it more. Play Yakuza Six. Kill, kill. Yes, Yakuza Six is really fun. I'm glad Colin's playing it. I'm gonna probably pick it up pretty soon. But I had to. I had to. I had to, you had to talk about that. No, no. I'm glad. Thank you for yeah. reminding me. And if anything, now I'm like, damn it, I need to be God of War even faster so I can play Yakuza. And I heard they complement each other very well, because they're both about fatherhood. Uh, I've read, like, a couple articles saying that you could easily jump from God of War to Yakuza. Not similar gameplay styles, but, like, story beats are a lot the same. And so. to, to put this out here, too, I highly recommend it if you've never played Yakuza. I've never played any of the games before. They have the best intro to every single game in the series, where you can just click on the video... And it just gives you a little bit of dialogue and who the characters are, and it gives you the main story arc in every single game. So you can get a recap, and you do it at your own speed. It's not like a movie or something, and you just click through it. So props to them having a great recap uh, setting, too, for the rest of the series. So easy to pick up if you haven't played it. That's really cool. What are you playing, Eddie? Um, I beat God of War. I have, um, so I, like, kind of streamlined it. I didn't do any side missions. So this is this is just how good a God of War is. When I beat a game, I I'm done. I put it away. I'm still doing the side missions for God of War. I'm trying to platinum that game. I want to get all the trophies. I really enjoy the combat. I really enjoy like just. It, it, I'm kind of upset because Mimir doesn't tell his stories anymore. I think I got to that point where like his stories have run out. Um, so that's a little upsetting to me because the lore in that game is really deep. And make sure you, if you're playing God of War, make sure you're paying attention to everything that Mimir says, because I feel like it's going to either allude to a future game, or it's going to allude to, like, some theories that I've seen pop up about God of War. Also, just because it's super entertaining and cool, just sit in the boat listening to Mimir. Oh, Mimir's probably one of my favorite supporting characters in a game ever. Yeah, he's great. Um, his, like, the, like, the introduction of his character, when you get him, it's just, it kind of, like, changed the game completely for me. Like, I was enjoying it, but when I got Mimir, I was like, okay, this is what this game is. Um, so yeah, just, I'm just trying to get through God of War, I, uh, Stardew Valley came out with a new update, so I got recently back into Stardew Valley, trying to see what that's all about, um, I'm starting to, starting my little coffee empire now in Stardew Valley, so that's yeah, kind of interesting. Multiplayer? There yeah, is. there's multiplayer now, so I'm looking for a friend to jump on there with me. Are you playing uh, it on Switch? I'm, actually, I have it on Switch, so if you want to try to play it on Switch, let me know. Let's do it. Uh, because I have it on Switch on PC, and my Switch version is, like, really new, so I haven't done much of anything on there. My PC version, I got, like, 120 hours on there. No, other than that, I think that's it. I been, I've been kind of, like, going... Oh, Maelstrom. Maelstrom, big time on Steam. It's, like, a battle royale. Um, I'm actually writing an article that you should see this week, but it's a battle royale pirate game 
where you get like your either a dwarf, a human, or an orc. You get to pick three ships from each one of those races. Um, similar to PUBG, you're dropped into a map, and then it's all everyone against everyone. You're trying to get updates. You're trying to build up your ship. I that game is like grabbed. I've like hooked into that game. So a lot of Maelstrom, a lot of God of War, like uh, Stardew Valley, Persona Five, just and a little bit of everything. How about you, Pat? What are you playing? Um, you're gonna love this. I'm playing Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age. Is, is it the same one you've been playing, or is this a different one? It's a long game. Oh, it's the same one? Yeah, it takes like 60 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Alright. So All I'm right. doing that. Even a, though I've been this game like five PlayStation times. You PlayStation 4, and you're still playing Final Fantasy games? Uh, it's a remastered Final Fantasy, with a new job system. Was it 60 bucks? No, it was free, because I'm a big deal. Ooh. Yeah. I've also been playing MLB The Show a lot because the Yankees are really good this year, so it's fun to play the game and actually have my team be good in it. How is that game? Do you enjoy it? Uh, I've never um, played an MLB The Show game. I like it, everything except for the pitching. I don't really like the pitching that much. It has like this reticle that like grows and then shrinks and it goes really fast and you have to time it correctly, and it kind of hurts my head to have to concentrate that much. Okay. okay. Noob. <laughs> Noob. <laughs> Noob, come, come uh, play against me. I'm on the Hall of Fame Plus on pitching. That's uh, the difficulty level. All right, bring a dog. I'll, I'll take you up on the Jim Carrey. Not even regular. Not Hall of Fame regular. He has a Hall of Fame Plus. That's that's sad, but good for you, Colin. I'll play as... Uh, no, you'll still probably be me because the Yankees are really good. We're awesome. Are we, are we all paying the $60 for the Donkey Kong, then? Is that, no, is that I'm paying sense? $60 for Donkey Kong. I lost that argument, and I have to pay $60 for a remaster. Pretty is much. Is what we're saying right now? You can play with Earl, though. Yep. So our weekly shout-out to Earl. Hey, Earl. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another week of Donkey Kong Partis... Partis? <laughs> <laughs> Donkey yeah. Kong Partis. Daddy babies. <laughs> Daddy babies. You gotta keep that. You know what? Whatever. We're leaving it. I'm not gonna edit it out. That's what you get. Thanks for listening to Donkey so Kong Artists. Are you singing Diapy Babies to the tune of the Muppet Baby song? I am. Obviously. I am. Yes. Duh. This is going to be my new comic called The Diapy Babies about babies who can, like baby geniuses. Oh my god. I'm going to go watch Spawn Baby, guys. I'll see you later. Ugh. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're at DonkeyConArtist.com. We're going to try and make some Diapy Baby shirts because those sound amazing to me. Uh, and let us know what you think or who you want us to talk to in the future in the comments. Or just reach out to us on Gmail or Twitter or any of those other stupid things online. Yes, and thank you for continuing to listen. And we'd like to welcome Riley Brewer to our team. Yeah, if you want to check out his write-up on God of War, it is up on our uh, website, DonkeyConArtist.com. Dot com. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Say hello. Be nice. Be welcoming. Be friendly. Unlike Edmund. I'm very welcoming and friendly. Oh. Leader of the minority team, Dr. Babies. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go hug some people. Yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna to go hug the hell out of some people. Yeah, angrily hug people. Yeah, I'm going to hug all that love out of you, little boy. I can buy everybody with love you. Bye. 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 Bye.